Shalom, shalom. Welcome to another episode of God's Little Hummingbird, the podcast where we are reading through the Bible from the beginning to the end using the original language is as a guide. We are in 1 Kings chapter 8, reading from the New King James Version Bible. Now Solomon assembled the elders of Israel and all the heads of the tribes, the chief fathers of the children of Israel, to King Solomon in Jerusalem, that they might bring up the Ark of the Covenant of Yahweh from the city of David, which is Zion. So, I did forget to pray there. (laughs) Father God, open our eyes, ears, and hearts to your truth. Okay, verse (laughs) 2. Therefore all the men of Israel assembled King Solomon at the feast in the month of Ethanim, which is the seventh month. Now that, of course, is the Feast of Tabernacles. We now call that month Tishri. Um, Right here, the seventh month is known as Ethanim. Well, Ethanim. There's no TH sound. So, verse 3. So, all the elders of Israel came and the priests took up the ark. Notice the priests took up the ark. They were the ones sanctioned and ordained to do so. Then they brought up the ark of Yahweh, the tabernacle of Midian, and all the holy furnishings that were in the tabernacle. The priests and the Levites brought them up. Also, King Solomon and all the congregation of Israel... Okay, can I stop something here? I just realized I forgot to delineate this. The priests and Levites. The priests here is talking about the sons of Aaron priests, right? The high priests, the the sons of Aaron, and then the Levites are also priests. It was just, just like the subclass of priests. So I just wanted to point that out. Verse 5. Also King Solomon and all the congregation of Israel who were assembled with him were with him before the ark, sacrificing sheep and oxen that could not be counted for numbered or numbered for multitude. Then the priests brought in the ark of the covenant of Yahweh to its place into the inner sanctuary of the temple to the most holy place under the wings of the cherubim. But for the cherubim spread their two wings over the place of the ark and the cherubim overshadowed the ark and its poles. Could you imagine how exciting this would be? Oh, it would have been a beautiful time, to, a beautiful thing to see. The poles, we're going to see the third temple. We will. And we'll see it restored in Ezekiel 45 under Yeshua after he cleanses it. So it's just exciting. Verse 8. The poles extended so that the ends of the poles could be seen from the holy place in front of the inner sanctuary, but they could not be seen from outside, and they were there to they are there to this day. Obviously not to this day, just the day of the writer. Nothing was in the ark except the two tablets of stone which Moshe had put there at Horeb when Yahweh made a covenant with the children of Israel when they came out of the land of of Egypt. And it came to pass when the priests came out of the holy place that the cloud filled the house of Yahweh so that the priests could not continue ministering because of the cloud for the glory of Yahweh filled the house of Yahweh. Now, just imagine for a moment You're sitting here watching the priests bring the Ark of the Covenant, the Ark which contains the testimony, the very commandments of God, the essence of who his character is. And it's above that Ark at the mercy seat where he will meet with us. Wow. And then his glory, his chavod, fills that place. Give yourself a moment sometimes to sit with this and really understand what is happening and what would you be feeling and what will you be feeling when we see it again. The Ark of the Covenant contains the law, the Torah, which shall go forth from Zion. It's not ever going to go away. The earth is under judgment because it has broken the Torah. Every single person who walks the earth is under the judgment because we have broken Yahweh's holy Torah. But above that Torah that we broke, 
sits the mercy seat where our Messiah, our Yahweh Elohim, meets with us in his mercy and his grace. Ooh, wow. Wow. When you just think about the weight of that, it, it really gets me because I know I'm not worthy. Verse 12. Then Shlomo spoke. Yahweh said he would dwell in the dark cloud. I have surely built you an exalted house and a place for you to dwell in forever. Then the king turned around and blessed the whole assembly of Israel while all the assembly of Israel was standing. And he said, Blessed be Yahweh Elohim of Israel who spoke with his mouth to my father David and with his hand has fulfilled it saying, Since the day that I brought my people out of Egypt, I have chosen no city from any tribe of Israel in which to build a house that my name might be there. But I chose David to be over my people Israel. Now it was in the heart of my father David to build a temple or just the word there is literally house for the name of Yahweh Elohim of Israel. But Yahweh said to my father David, whereas it was in your heart to build a temple or house for my name, you did well that it was in your heart. Nevertheless, you shall not build the temple, but your son who will come from your body, he shall build the temple for my name. So Yahweh has fulfilled his word, which he spoke, and I have filled the position of my father David and sit on the throne of Israel as Yahweh promised. And I have built a temple for the name of Yahweh Elohim of Israel. And there I have made a place for the ark in which is the covenant of Yahweh, which he made with our fathers when he brought them out of the land of Egypt. There is no way our God would have done away with the one thing that he counted so important to put in that ark. Let's go back for a moment and look at something. Since I do this live and never prepare, you would think, okay, like when I used to be a teacher, like at school, of course, every lesson was prepared to the dot, but I wing it with you guys. Okay, that word for congregation back in verse 14 or the assembly is the word kahal. Um, and it just means assembly, group, or people. I want to look at the Greek Septuagint quickly. So give me one moment. And I, I want to see if it's the word ecclesia. Yep, it sure is. Okay, this is a beautiful thing for you guys to see. Right here, the children of Israel are called the church. This is the word in the Greek Septuagint. And the way to get here, let me explain to you. Go to the Blue Letter Bible app. Click on verse 14 of this chapter 8 here. Not just any random 14. <laughs> Go here. Click on the verse. Then you will see the interlinear concordance line. Click on that. Go to the very bottom and you will see the Septuagint text. The Third from the, um, when you go to the very last bottom line on the left, and I just know the Greek well enough, I could reckon, I recognize that word. You will see it looks like an E-K-K, upside down Y-N, um, like a little circle O-I-A. It, it says Ecclesia in Greek. Those are the Greek letters. When you click on that word, it will take you to this little Greek parsing. Click on the number G-1577, and you will see it is the word Ecclesia. And it is the same word that they use throughout the New Testament where they call the children of Israel um, uh, the church. Or the, that's, I'm sorry, it is the word in the New Testament that's used as church. Do you notice right here that right here Israel again is called the church. Do not let anybody fool you into thinking that a different group of the Gentiles or whatever became the church. The church, the Church just means group or assembly of people, and it referred right here to Israel. Mm, I love that. Verse 15. 
And he said, Blessed be Yahweh Elohim of Israel, who spoke with his mouth to my father David, and with his hand has fulfilled it, saying, Since the day that I brought my people Israel out of Egypt, I have chosen no city from any tribe of Israel. And we, oh, you know what? Sometimes I need to get my brain back on. We already read that. Let's go to verse 22. Then Shlomo stood before the altar of Yahweh in the presence of all the assembly of Israel and spread out his hands toward heaven. Let me read that how the New Testament would say it. Then Solomon stood before the altar of Yahweh in the presence of the church of Israel. I just want to point that out. And spread out his hands toward heaven. And he said, Yahweh Elohim of Israel, there is no God in heaven above or on earth below like you who keep your covenant and mercy with your servants who walk before you with all their hearts. You have kept what you promised your servant David, my father. You have both spoken with your mouth and fulfilled it with your hand as it is this day. Therefore, Yahweh Elohim of Israel, now keep what you promised your servant David, my father, saying, You shall not fail to have a man sit before me on the throne of Israel, only if your sons take heed to, to their way, that they, that they walk before me as you have walked before me. And now I pray, O Elohim of Israel, let your word come true, which you have spoken to your servant David, my father. But will God, will Elohim indeed dwell on the earth? Behold, heaven and the heaven of heavens cannot contain you. How much less this house, this temple which I have built. Yet regard the prayer of your servant and his supplication, O Yahweh my Elohim, and listen to the cry and the prayer which your servant is praying before you today, that your eyes may be opened toward this house. I'm going to say the word house there. That's what it says in Hebrew, but it's bait, but it's temple, night and day toward the place of which you said my name shall be there. Where is the place of his name? Zion, the city of David, Jerusalem. That is where, if anybody tells you, I, I literally heard somebody tell us years ago that God has now chosen to put his name in Orlando. No, his name is in Jerusalem forever. That you may hear the prayer which your servants makes toward this place. Verse 30, and may you hear the supplication of your servants and of your people Israel when they pray toward this place. Hear in heaven your dwelling place and when you hear, forgive. This is why Daniel bowed down and faced toward Jerusalem. This is when I bow down, I face to Jerusalem. Now, sometimes I'm like, Lord, I'm about equidistant. <laughs> if I go this direction or that direction, based on the sphere of the earth, I'm going to get there about the same. <laughs> but let me <laughs> try my best to be facing towards Jerusalem when I pray. Verse 31, when anyone sins against his neighbor and is forced to take an oath and comes and takes an oath before your altar in this house, then hear in heaven and act and judge your servants, condemning the wicked, bringing his way on his head and justifying the righteous by giving him according to his righteousness. When your people Israel are defeated before an enemy because they have sinned against you and when they turn back to you and confess your name and pray and make supplication to you in this house, in this temple, then hear in heaven and forgive the sin of your people Israel and bring them back to the land which you gave to their fathers. Oh, Father, I pray that now for us. When the heavens are shut up and there is no rain because they have sinned against you, when they pray toward this place and confess your name and turn from their sin because you afflict them, then hear in heaven and forgive the sin of your servants, your people Israel, that you may teach them the good way in which they should walk. Woo! The Torah is the good way. Obedience is the good way. 
and send rain on your land which you have given to your people as an inheritance. When there is famine in the land, pestilence or blight or mildew, locusts or grasshoppers, when their enemy besieges them in the land of their cities, whatever plague or whatever sickness there is, whatever prayer, whatever supplication is made by anyone or by all your people Israel, when each one knows the plague of his own heart and spreads out his hands toward this temple, then hear in heaven your dwelling place and forgive and act and give to everyone according to all his ways whose heart you know notice he knows the hearts and he judges the actions the ways he knows the heart but he judges the ways do not say oh god knows my heart right because if your heart is pure your ways will be pure for you alone know the hearts of all the sons of men, that they may fear you all the days that they live in the land which you gave to our fathers. Moreover, concerning a foreigner who is not of your people, Israel, but, but has come from a far country for your name's sake. So any Gentile guys, are you listening? For they will hear of your great name and your strong arm and your outstretched arm. When he comes and prays toward this house, this temple, here in heaven, your dwelling place, and do according to all for the foreigner for which the foreigner calls to you, that all the peoples of the earth may know your name and fear you as do your people Israel, and that they may know that this temple which I have built is called by your name. There's right there for the Gentiles as well. When your people go out to battle against their enemy, whenever, wherever you send them, and when they pray to Yahweh toward the city which you have chosen, which city did Yahweh choose? Jerusalem. And the temple which I have built for your name. Then hear in heaven their prayer and their supplication to maintain their cause. When they sin against you, for there is no one who does not sin, and you become angry with them and deliver them to the enemy, and they take and they take them captive to the land of the enemy far or near. Yet when they come to themselves in the land where they were carried captive and repent, that's kind of like us now, guys, in America, and make supplication to you in the land of those who took them captive, saying, we have sinned and done wrong. We have committed wickedness. And we say those words to you, Yahweh, right now. We have sinned and done wrong. We have committed wickedness. And when they return to you with all their heart and with all their soul in the land of their enemies who led them away captive and pray to you toward their land, which you gave to their fathers, the cities which you have chosen and the temple that um, which I have built for your name, then hear in heaven your dwelling place, their prayer and their supplication and maintain their cause and forgive your people who have sinned against you and all their transgressions, which they have transgressed against you and grant them compassion before those who took them captive that they may have compassion on them. Do you see? God is the God who forgives. The church teaches that in some church, I've had somebody reach out this week, they really thought that the people in the Old Testament were forgiven only through the blood of an animal. No, the blood of the sacrifices was symbolic of the blood of the Messiah that was coming. They looked forward to the promise. We look backward to what happened. God forgave them their sins way back then when they repented. God forgives us our sins today if we repent. That means turn from it, teshuvah, to turn from it. For they are your people and your inheritance whom you brought out of Egypt out of the iron furnace, that your eyes may be open to the supplication of your servant and the supplication of your people Israel to listen to them whenever they call to you. For you separated them from among the peoples of the earth to be your inheritance as you spoke by your servant Moses when you brought our fathers out of Egypt, O Yahweh, or Adonai Yahweh. And so it was when Solomon had finished praying all this prayer and supplication to Yahweh that he arose from before the altar of Yahweh from kneeling on his knees with his hands spread up to heaven. Then he stood and blessed all the assembly of Israel with a loud voice. <laughs> Give me a minute. I just clicked on the wrong button, which is nice. <laughs> 
Oh my goodness. Um, okay, I literally, I'm on the app reading this and I clicked the button, so give me one second. Okay, verse 56. Blessed be Yahweh who has given rest to his people Israel according to all that he promised. There has not failed one word of all his good promise which he promised through his servant Moshe. May Yahweh our Elohim be with us and he, as he was with our fathers. May he not leave us nor forsake us that he may incline our, incline our hearts to himself to walk in all his ways. Oh, Father God, please, 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 Yahweh, give us, incline our hearts to walk in your ways and to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments, which he commanded our fathers. May he give us that heart, guys, right? May he incline our hearts to keep his commandments. And may these words of mine, with which I have made supplication before Yahweh, be near Yahweh our Elohim day and night, that he may maintain the cause of his servant and the cause of his people Israel, as each day may require, that all the peoples of the earth may know that Yahweh is Elohim. There is no other. Let your heart, therefore, be loyal to Yahweh our Elohim, to walk in his statutes and keep his commandments as at this day. If you want to be loyal to God, you will keep his commandments. Then the king and all Israel with him offered sacrifices before Yahweh, and Solomon offered a sacrifice of peace offerings, which he offered to Yahweh, 22,000 bulls and 120,000 sheep. So the king and all the children of Israel dedicated the house of Yahweh. On the same day, the king, okay, stop, let me stop for a minute. I heard the Lord point out something. When Messiah Yeshua returns, we see in Ezekiel 45, starting in verse 18, the same type of dedication and cleansing happening. This time it will be a cleansing, though, after the Antichrist has defiled the third temple that is built. Verse 64, on the same day, the king consecrated the middle of the court that was in front of the house of Yahweh, for there he offered burnt offerings, grain offerings, and the fat of the peace offerings, because the bronze altar that was before Yahweh was too small to receive the burnt offerings, the grain offerings, and the fat of the peace offerings. Because, like, remember, it says, like, it was doing, like, 22,000, um, and then 20,000 sheep, so 120,000 sheep, so he had to consecrate um, purify the outer, the middle court, I'm sorry, so they could offer offerings there as well. Because the temple altar, the temple barbecue, so to speak, wasn't keeping up. Verse 65. At that time, Solomon held a feast and all Israel with him, a great assembly from the entrance of Hamath to the brook of Egypt before Yahweh or Elohim seven days and seven days, 14 days. So they did not do a replacement ceremony. They did the feast that was in the seventh month, Feast of Tabernacles for seven days. And then they continued on for... Um, another seven days, well, technically another six days because there was the eighth day of the feast. So it doesn't mean they were wrong. I think they were just doing this dedication ceremony. They didn't call it a replacement ceremony. They don't call it that they, you know, hey, we're just going to do more days of Feast of Tabernacles. I think they just continued to assemble and feasting together. Verse 66, on the eighth day, he sent the people away and they blessed the king and went to their tents, joyful and glad of heart for all the good that Yahweh had done for his servant David and for Israel, his people. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. the awe and wonder that our God imparts to us is just magnificent. I can't wait to see this third temple built. I can't wait to see Messiah cleanse it. I cannot wait to see Yahweh bring his children together, have his family home, purified, cleansed, and being worshipped the way he saved us from Egypt to worship him. May Yahweh bless you all. Have an amazing night.